The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. 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 Yes, beyond. Yeah. That, yes. That yeah. Was what, that? what happened to your? Yeah, you what happened? It. broke. Oh, oh no. Max is a, a yeah. faulty Westworld Hello, host. Hello, everybody. Greets. Hi. Yes. What's up? Welcome to Podcast <laughs> Beyond, episode 464. It's a I'm Max it's a I am joined by Alana Pierce. Hey. Brian Altano. Brat, brat. And Marty Sleva. Street cred. I noticed uh, you didn't get too crazy into the Beyond back and forth when I stretched it out like a cat's growl. <laughs> Probably yeah, maybe I, you found a new trick yeah. to get me to stop, is wow. to make an awful growling noise <laughs> underneath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, that's, yeah. Like ha- that's a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what? When you're bad, you get punished. A good trick to stop listening to music is to throw your uh, <laughs> iPod in a river. <laughs> yeah. What? You're not wrong. Great. Anyway, um, <laughs> so let's get right into it. Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. Not what? Red Dead Revelations or Red Dead... Revengeance? Or it's it's kind of weird because this is technically the third Red Dead game, but it's Red Dead Redemption 2. What if it was Red Dead Rising Revengeance? That would be pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Show it. Yeah. Four R's. No, three and a D. <laughs> well, that, no, anyway. Red Dread. <laughs> you can finally answer the, the age-old question that John Marston always asks is, what are you been eating? Where's Javier Escuela? And then see you inside. Um, yeah. yeah, so this It's is, real. This is, yeah, but we're recording this on Tuesday. That means this oh, yeah. morning was when uh, the announcement came that the game is called Red Dead Redemption 2. Yes. That it's coming in 2017 and that the trailer is dropping Thursday mm-hmm. morning. So by the time you listen to this, the trailer will probably already be out. So I feel like... Do you guys want to just predict what happens in the trailer? It opens with a sunrise. And there's a guitar. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a guitar. There's, there's a man looking off into the distance, there's I think. A, the there's man. actually seven men skin one armadillo for four a, minutes. There's <laughs> a damn varmint. And there's like a rustic-ass voice that's like, Oh, for sure. I'm an idiot. different kind of candy. I'm the awesome, a dirty like, blood world. The voice places. In, in the menus in Battlefield 1, it'll be like that. Sand yeah. and dust is a place you find a snake in an armadillo's boot. Uh, so anyway, we don't really know exactly what's in the trailer because that hasn't happened yet. But yeah. we can talk about the steps leading up to this and what this is going to mean for years to come. Because I think that's the really interesting thing about Rockstar Games now. Is that they don't just build a game and release it like they did with Bully. Uh, they release a game and it's got sort of like, it's got... A, a tail to it for, for three or four years. Well, yeah. People have said, where's our single-player GTA Five DLC? And it's like, well, they're making so much money off GTA Online that yeah. why do that? It's like yeah. Valve with Dota. They're, yeah. Like, why make Half-Life 3 when you're making all that so, money off uh, services? Christopher Gresley, who's a Beyond fan, asks us, could any other developer p- 
pull off what Rockstar is doing now. I think that's a good way to sort of like I mean, hub yeah. this conversation. I, I would say absolutely. Uh, Kojima kind of does that, yeah. but he does it in a much different fashion. He does it less uh, less sparingly. But the fact that he's selling pre-orders for action figures for his company, his new company's logo that has not yet put out a game, yeah. Yeah. there aren't a whole lot of people who carry this much. Like, I mean, Nintendo could. Mm-hmm. They could put up a picture of a cloud and be like, guess what? It's the Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I think Nintendo's able to do it with certain franchises like Zelda. I think if they teased, like, if Nintendo put up a, a, an image of space tomorrow, yeah. then we'd all this know, would oh have my the God, Galaxy 3. Actually, or Metroid, you'd, you'd be flipping I don't know about out. that, because think of the scale of Rockstar because of GTA, right? There it's are true. a lot of people who just play GTA 5. And I think if Nintendo were to tweet something that was a Zelda image, exclusively the people who care about Zelda are going to care. It's yeah. like majority of people also, really care about GTA. 200,000 people uh, liked a tweet that was just the Rockstar logo with a red, a red background. Mm-hmm. Like, Which is, is nuts. Insane. It's a nice logo. It's, it's also a very right nice logo. now. Well, we, were like, at, we have uh, AAA releases yeah. coming out, and yeah. they've just uh, upstaged M- that. Max and I and Alana were at Rockstar Games in New York City about a week or two ago uh, when we were there for Comic-Con, and as we were leaving, they gave us this cool little bag with like shirts and stuff like that, and, and in it was this sticker pack that had like 25 different colored logos. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, they could just tweet out one of these mm-hmm. a day, and everyone would just go completely <laughs> yeah. insane yeah. forever. I, yeah, I don't think that many other companies can pull off yeah. To the yeah. extent that of just works. changing I mean, their so logo if, color, if yeah. So Bethesda the like teased uh, the next Elder Scrolls. I feel like it could yeah. be a similar yep. level. Yep. Well, it's cool because they don't have this like constant buzz. I wish that other companies would take a cue from this because I think it kind of simultaneously fans the flames of of hype, but also keeps people's expectations pretty guarded. Yeah. Uh, when you show off a ten minute chunk of a game running on an engine that will, ne- or a, you know, a system that will never be able to support it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, three years in advance and it gets delayed twice and then Watch Dogs comes out, it's like kind of My a go-to is going to be Ubisoft. As yeah. Well. Exactly. Uh, well, Ubisoft, I think, has the opposite problem where all of their stuff leaks. They put out a game every single year. It's good to see them pumping the brakes on stuff like Assassin's Creed and Far Cry for yeah. a little bit. But for the most part, you expect what you expect from them. Mm-hmm. Rockstar has that ability of we haven't showed you guys anything new in four years Here's this thing we're doing. Yeah. Also, you like there, we, you know, you talk about how they they discovered microtransactions, or they have they have people playing their games. Um, there was that meme going around where it was like you can actually you can actually pinpoint the the year that that Rockstar discovered microtransactions, and it's like you've got like Project Gotham Racing and you know San Andreas, and then it gets mm-hmm. to like GTA Online, Project and it's like Gotham. Midnight Club yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then it's like it's like oh they they suddenly will have people paying for little things in their games. Well, it's also that, but they also kind of future-proofed themselves by building this incredible... They built an MMO. Yeah. Like, yeah. GTA Five is Absolutely. an MMO. It's kind of it's yeah. disingenuous that we don't refer to it as that, but the fact that you have, like... You can get a Ford Focus on, like, a bowling shirt kind of takes away from that... I mean, you know. we, we <laughs> yeah. were told at Rockstar two weeks ago that GTA Online is more popular now than it was two years ago, which is launched. which you can barely say for, for most online so games, So I also right? asked very blatantly twice about... Red Dead Redemption right. 2, and their responses were really just focusing on GTA Online yeah. right now. Well, they also, you also, also literally in meetings about this reveal. Yeah. They also yeah. said, like, they've got, what, six studios? Six studios worldwide. They're not going to all be sitting there designing shirts for GTA Online. Like, yeah. they're yeah. going to be working on stuff. I mean, this is San Diego's game. Yeah. Yeah, which San Diego hasn't worked on anything since the first Red Dead, or mm-hmm. the last Red Dead. 
That's crazy. So, that, what so, was that? Six years? Six years ago. Yeah, 2010. So obviously there's a bunch of protagonists, um, which I think it's really interesting because it looks like they're upping the number from what they did in GTA Five with three major protagonists to possibly six or seven. Who knows? I mean, maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe these right? are the seven people you have to kill in the game. That's true. Ooh, that's yeah, cool. which which I also really like. Um, I'm a big fan of the movie El Topo, which yeah. I watched with Max one drunken afternoon. Yeah. It's a really good time. It's about this guy that has to circle the desert in a spiral to uh, basically kill everyone in a row. Killer Seven is a game that's inspired by. You'd also uh, go Mag- Magnificent Seven. Yeah, yeah, I like that stuff a lot. Yeah. Like the idea of just like one character versus a, a whole bunch of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mega or, Man. Or, yeah, that's a yeah. good one. Yeah. But uh, Marmaduke. What I want to talk about is sort of like what this means for for the online portion. Because, I mean, GTA Online is really cool. Uh, I, it's admittedly something that I messed with a little bit and then walked away from. And we got to host their live streams at Rockstar last week where we were interacting with uh, a group of people who are basically role-playing as a biker gang in the, in the game and now have all this new uh, biker gang DLC to work with. Uh, they have clubhouses and they have new choppers and all this other stuff like that. They, they fly in formations and they have, like, gang leaders and stuff. Like, I love this stuff. It's so cool. They actually, in real life, they get together and, like, do charity stuff. Yeah. Uh, but drive-bys. Like, <laughs> and drive-bys. <laughs> like, but how is this going to work for online for Red Dead? Because, I mean, well, like, you do horses, you Redemption do horse and buggies. online. Yeah. Uh, and I actually played a lot more of Red Dead Redemption's online than I did of GTA 4's online, mm-hmm. like, by quite a bit, which was it, was it was kind of almost heist-style, some of the ones that I remember. It was mm-hmm. like you would have a mission objective, and then you would have to go and breach a building. Well, that was, that was what they rolled out. Was, no, it was Social Club was with the PC version of GTA 4, right? I believe so, yeah. And then yeah. they kind of – I feel like they were kind of leaning in hard with it with uh, – Red Dead. With Red Dead, yeah. 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 Like, yeah, they had – you had your posse, right? Yes. And it was like there was there was that – it was much more much more of a social thing than, than 4, right? It, I, I felt like it was, yeah. yeah. But I'm also comparing it to when it came out compared to 4's launch. So maybe 4 evolved and I didn't see that. But, no, right. yeah, I, I liked it a lot more than what I played in 4. And yeah. so I definitely think it's going to exist in the franchise but or in the game. But I've seen people also saying they're worried that Redemption, because microtransactions in 5 have been so successful, will lean too heavily into online and screw up the single player as a result. I don't, I don't think Rockstar's ever going to do that. I don't think that. I mean, yeah. they, they have a really good track record of making that stuff pretty balanced and making it so you don't – like, it's it's all sort of – topical like it's not really stuff that you need it's cosmetic really mm-hmm. yeah. like i mean they they had their like million dollar jets and stuff like that which we ridiculed in videos and but for the most part like it's i don't i don't think it really will seep in a single player and i think yeah. even when you play online like you'll feel like you'll have enough to work with there uh and they'll do free updates and stuff for years yeah. i'm more concerned with like I mean, in, in the same conversations we had about, like, Far Cry, like, last year, we're like, oh, how do you, f- like, what are the flying vehicles in this game? What are the sniper rifles? Yeah. Like, when you go back to the olden times, you're kind mm-hmm. of like, the olden times. <laughs> Any time before now. Uh, it's kind of like, well, M- Marty and I were, like, uh, sort of think- talking before. Like, I mean, can you bring in, like, sort of, like, flying machines that people have built? Like, can you bring in, like, horse and buggies? Can yeah. you Can you bring in steampunk stuff, like, yeah, in the same I- way that, like... Ugh, it sounds awful. Does it? Oh, it sounds really like me. I'm thinking like very, very long like tail, maybe like a hot air balloon. Yeah, but like that sounds amazing to control. Just like a really awful hot air balloon that yeah. like one bullet will totally ruin. <laughs> and you're yeah, like, I spent all my money on that. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I remember spending the most time on in Red Dead Redemption was finding the rare horses. Yeah, oh yeah. They had those like there's one black stallion that it was in like a certain area that you had to try and track mm-hmm. down, and it had like really good stats. I spent yep. a long time doing that. It's like just give me more of that. And yeah, more horses for hours. Yeah, or have yeah. like cool like legendary hunts where you get together yeah. with like a bunch of buddies and you have to kill this fabled bear. Well, that I love. What's, what's really fascinating about yeah. about Rockstar's <laughs> games is how they managed it's to, Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> they managed to kind of like iterate between 
like they'll they'll go between different franchises and, and introduce like mechanics that they're gonna they're gonna carry over. Mm-hmm. Like if you go back and play the Warriors, the like traversal and combat feels really similar to uh, GTA Four. Yep. Uh, but at the same time, like the it's not an open world game. It's mm-hmm. very kind of like you know slim 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 down. And then you've got like you know you've got table tennis, which then shows up in like tennis form in GTA Five. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's kind of weird how they and they'll have their racing games and they'll have like you know Max Payne shooting was was Michael shooting mechanic in GTA Five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like they they clearly are really good at kind of doing that and the whole the kind of mission structure and the world structure in Red Dead Redemption felt kind of like the basis for what GTA Five was. I think it's fair to say that Red Dead Redemption is a Western GTA. Oh, easy, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, completely. But like I mean, in terms of just like finding finding random missions and just just the way the map looks, yeah. like the way you kind of will come across things, it's less like go to this glowing circle and talk to somebody. It's more like oh. Get to this, like, what's that dot over there? I'm going to go check it out. Yeah, yeah. they definitely um, had the appeal in Redemption of having random animals that you would stumble across and, like, just going and doing crafting stuff mm-hmm. in the background, which obviously can't exist in GTA Five because you'd be arrested. But it's yeah. also exciting. Like, we were talking about this uh, at lunch with Mitch. It's super exciting that this is going to be the first Rockstar game built on this generation of consoles. Oh, yeah. Like, GTA yeah. Five. Holy crap. The entire thing right. was built on the 360 and PS3. And, like, yeah. yes, they updated it for current consoles and PC, mm-hmm. but, like, still, the foundation of that game is on that old tech. Yeah. The so fact like, that that runs on 360 and PS3 is, is kind of insane. Mind-boggling. It is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, they're really good at that. Um, I'm really curious if maybe the thing we see this time around is a full intersection of online and single player. Yeah. Like, yep. maybe... Folding it in, finally. Maybe... In there a Watch Dogs kind of way? Uh, no, no, not like that. More like, let's say you've got this posse of seven people and you you see them there, but maybe three of the characters are characters you're creating. Mm-hmm. And like, you kind of, you know, maybe you've got roles to fill, but like, you know, there's that whole, there's the wheel in, in GTA five where you're, you're picking between, you know, Michael and, and, uh, Trevor and Franklin. But then there's like, oh, then there's the guy in the, the board shorts with the raccoon mask on who yeah. doesn't really re- relate to them at all. Right. I see what you mean. Having a character from the single player campaign actually show up in yeah. online. I would it's like not that. it's not really their style because there is uh, you know so much of storytelling does kind of like you have to sort of force the player to do stuff. They would also yeah. be limited if they did yeah. that in terms of what they could. Tell yeah, I I still like genuinely prefer the sort of church and state separation when it comes so to single player and, our, and um, online stuff and with stuff like this. I actually do like the way the first Watch Dogs games and it looks like Watch Dogs Two is handling it, where yeah. it's like it's there if you want it, yeah. but it's not integral and it's not mandatory. Yeah. Like, what, you uh, can kind of dip in and out of it. Watch Dogs 2 does a cool thing where if uh, sort of their version of the most wanted level, so like five stars in GTA, yeah. gets a chopper after you, uh, the highest wanted level brings in another human player mm-hmm. as a bounty to kill you. And so it's one of those things. It's like, well, the only thing scarier than really smart AI is another human player out to kill you in yeah. the city. Yeah. And I'm like, that's actually really cool. And if they kill you, they get a bounty. And if you kill them, then you, like get a ton of money 13 year old boy in idaho is coming after me (laughs) it's 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 really cool to sort of see like the king of open world games return with a with a with a new game next fall because i mean we we just got mafia 3 which people were sort of lukewarm about Watch Dogs 2 looks good and we played it but it's it's not gta like and it's not rockstar it's sad because i just want it to be i want it to be too and i think not to do that yeah and i think a lot of people are playing it this year in lieu of having something else like of that scale, it's um, rough and that because we, it's we cool. live in a post GTA Five world, so yep. every single open world game that is vaguely similar suffers. I think. Well, it's like the difference between the oh. guy that makes something every five years and somebody who makes something every single oh, year, absolutely. you know, or yeah. every other year. Like we, we've we will have had probably three or four Watch Dogs games in the difference between GTA Five and GTA Six, mm-hmm. you know. 
like that's pretty safe to say we'll have five or six Assassin's Creed games probably another Mafia game maybe oh definitely yeah. um, depending on how this one sells so it's kind of cool to see these guys return and be like hey we're back this is we're the kings of open world games we are making this yeah. and this this just deal with it hey, I saw your... a lot of tweets this morning about all the all the publishers just sort of scrambling and moving their games out of the way of fall 2017 it's a real thing people used to move out of the way of Call of Duty I think they do to a lesser extent now but yeah. uh like that is that is a that is a just a totally a, a, a bomb just that hits mm-hmm. at, in the fourth quarter I mean, of the year. It's, I mean, it's even a bomb that hit right now. Yeah, like showing that game and finally announcing a game that we've been talking about on here forever makes me care a whole lot less about Titanfall. Like, right? I'm like, oh, yeah. but now I'm thinking about Red Dead. I'm not thinking about Titanfall yeah. anymore. That's crazy. I, yeah. I feel the same way about even even Mafia and Watch Dogs where I'm like, these are big open world games this fall and I can play them right now. But like, I'm going to be wait. playing them. Yeah, it's weird to be like. That's playing something, away, guys. No, I know, I know. I, know. I mean, I guess, that, they, well, I guess they never did, it, did. they say 2017 or fall 2017? Fall 2017. They said say fall. Yeah, they okay. said fall, so which is weird. Like, I'm surprised that I feel that way, but I'm still like, huh. And you but think about what if the, I get drowned out? Like, I don't want to play Mafia and Watch Dogs. Well, now. you don't want to be like. It's like being on a date with someone and being like, I have a better date lined up, even though if it's not in a year away. You're like, I'm kind of interested in this person. <laughs> better date but, one year away. <laughs> oh, one year away. Yeah, but I mean, like, I'm gonna be playing Watch Dogs and be like, this is cool. But in the back of my head, I'm like, Rockstar's making a new open world game yeah. with horses in it. Yeah, it's in totally a, year. a thing. And it's yeah. amazing that they can do that. Yeah. I also just I want to retract to uh, Max, you brought up what we might see as a result of uh, them using the new consoles. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like some kind of VR component. Me too. I would love to see some small PSVR yeah. component to that. I feel like that's pretty likely. They've always so um, they've always gotten along really well with, with Sony. Yeah. When I saw a GTA five demo, they were playing on PS three and that was at a point where it's kind of like, oh, that's sort of odd. Like that wasn't really the leading console at the time. I mean, you can you can pretty much guarantee that if it hasn't happened already, there are people on the f- top people on the phone from Microsoft and Sony being like, and not PC because it wasn't on the. <laughs> yeah. Sorry guys. Sorry. Also, Dan. give it. It'll be like eight to nine months later. Red Dead had never came to PC. I know, yeah. that but that also wasn't. Time. Yeah, I think this one will. I think it's weird. The P- I mean, I don't want to get into it because it's a PlayStation show. But the PC guys and girls get the port of that game a few months later, and when they do, they can do ridiculous, <laughs> shit, like put Ninja Turtles in oh, it, exactly. and, and yeah. mm-hmm. you know, uh, like make put a Millennium Falcon in it and stuff like that. So you know, you win some, you lose some. But I have a feeling there's top people on the phone from both Sony and Microsoft <laughs> being like trying to precludes individual parts of that to make exclusive. Oh, it was that one thing a couple of years ago, GTA 4, uh, was it their, one of the DLC packs came to first. Xbox first, mm-hmm. and there was this rumor that they gave them like $50 million yeah. to secure that. Uh, secure that. I think like, it was lost in the dam. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. crazy. So I have a feeling that's happening now. People are fighting over whatever yeah. they can. Also, I, I really look. hope they go, they go weird like uh, Undead Nightmare. I do too. Like, I, I really do too. That. I mean, like, dude, it's that. so cool. Yeah. They have peyote in GTA 5. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was going to say like, how sick would it be if we're just playing between seven different characters that all have to interact with each other? Like, I really love switching between characters in, in five. I think seven's too many. Yeah, but what... I mean, you're not... Maybe they're not all out together at once, but, like, let's yeah. say they all have different abilities. Like, we're in this kind of... I really hate to go this direction, but we're in this kind of weird hero shooter phase where people are really used to playing, like, you know, something like yeah, Overwatch, where... characters with different abilities. Yeah, and it's like... You look at that, you're like, oh, it's a it's a shooter where everyone's kind of got the same basic skeleton of controls and, and you know, moving around, but then... Well, it was like we were saying about GTA V, right? You could frequently switch between three characters. Sometimes you had to to solve... to, to, to defeat missions and stuff. I'd like to see that expanded on for this. Um, I don't think each character has to be written as as deep as those three were, but I would like to see some women. Like, there mm-hmm. are... They, Rockstar is 
awesome at making male protagonists well written and doing really cool stuff with them. Also, tons of female cowboys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had a they had a female in the beginning of Chinatown Wars who was killed off within like the first half hour of the game. That's really like, the last time. Well, I we also it. don't. Again, this image could be a tone piece. Yeah, this image doesn't necessarily represent the people you are playing. Well, I as also of course. didn't think that that image necessarily made them all look like men. No. Yeah. No. I not think at all. That was clear. Either. Yeah. They a couple could of them. Be, that one of them felt masculine. One of them. Some was of them. Hundred snakes shaped like yeah. a man with yeah. a hat on. That's what if one? What if one of the characters you play is a horse and you help your your rider get from point A to point B? Remember that? Remember that donkey woman from Red Dead, the last one? No. Do you guys not know about this? There was a glitch in the last Red Dead game where there was like this woman you saw met in town and like her head would get swapped out with a donkey's head. (laughs) And you would go to interact with her and it'd be like (laughs) Really? Yeah. So that was good. So I hope she's back. Want how to play Liar's Dice because of Red Dead. Yeah. Yep. It's a really good game. God, this is so cool. I'm really excited for this. I want to say real quick, uh, this is an awesome time for people who like westerns. If you like Westworld, like Stephen Ogg is on it, who plays Trevor in GTA. It's so weird. Yeah. Uh, And he plays this sort of like yeah. It's really yeah. You can see his his dungus. Yeah. He plays this like weird sort of broke broke down renegade robot evil guy, and uh, so I just love how full circle all that stuff's coming. I also have to ask. why do you guys think it's called Red Dead Redemption 2? Because we've always referred to it as that, and people in the comments are like, it's Red Dead 3, but um, why do we think it's called I think it's a, it, I think a marketing standpoint, gamers so see too. a number, and they're like, oh, this is better. Or I also like, think if Rockstar are pushing Red Dead Redemption 2 rather than putting a 3 on it, they don't really want people to go back and play Revolver. No. I will say for sure that Red Dead Redemption 2 will be one of the clunkiest video game titles to ever sell millions and millions of copies. Like, that is that Probably, thing, that yeah. name does not roll off the tongue. I've also in m- any accidentally way. wrote Road Dead yeah. a bunch of times. Rod to Rod to Rod to Rod. Read Dead. Red Dead all right. 3 is easier to say. Red, yeah, I, I think, to answer your question, I think it's because it's going to continue the story from the last one, or at least the, the repercussions of what happened there. I don't think it will. You think it'll be Jack? So? Or a prequel. There's rumors it's going to be a prequel. Yeah. We'll and why is it two? I don't know. Because numbers. Cause I don't know. Why, is, why, why does Rogue One take place before A New Hope? Which, <laughs> Rogue One is like, one, what, the ninth but, yeah. Star Wars movie? Like Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of horses, uh, I actually have to run out of here. And uh, i got to go see a man about a horse. Um, we're doing this Battlefield 1 live yeah. stream. Uh, I'm, having a, I'm having a blast with that game. Oh, you said the said the word oh, no. um, if no, you same. told me if you told me that i would be like more stoked on a world war one multiplayer shooter than i was on an open world mafia game set in the 70s or 60s whatever i'd be like no that's not true you're wrong i know myself pretty well but here i am like i've i've pretty much i played a little bit of mafia this or this last weekend and i'm, I'm probably gonna i'm probably gonna skip it honestly uh meanwhile battlefield is completely like completely sucking me in so have you played multiplayer or single player that's all i've been just playing just multiplayer. multiplayer we've been doing this whole live stream fighting yeah, against yeah Marty and yeah. i uh streamed single player yesterday mm-hmm. we played all five campaigns or four campaigns we played four of them we finished one we finished of them these are, four out of five yeah these nice. are like campaigns in like a literal sense that they are like stories different. and actual stories with characters that are really well scripted and really but, well but acted I mean, like, and i care about them i mean it's like their campaigns is in their different fronts of the war right? yes. yes oh yeah yeah, yes. yeah like yes. literal yes. campaigns literal i love campaigns. that yeah yes yeah, and it's they're, cool. They're it does really that good. sort of vignette thing that we've talked about where each one is probably like 90 minutes long, an hour, yeah. 90 minutes I long. I didn't particularly like the flying one. Yeah. Uh, controls were kind of janky. It was hard to use. but mm. it was because the just, planes were made of wood. It was a lot of flying also. But um, there was one in Gallipoli, which was really, really good. Like, I legitimately was surprised by – we played that one for, I think, an hour to finish that Yeah, we that finished it fully. And it was one of those things. In an hour, it made us – it introduced characters, made us care about them. And, and at and the there end, was like, we were like, oh, man, yeah. like – 
so many emotions. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was. It did a really, so, really good job. So you guys are saying you re- you really like the single player, and you're saying you really like the multiplayer, and yeah. the reviews are great for this game. Like, it sounds like it's a, a, a hit. That's yeah. what awesome. happened. Yeah. That's what so, happened? That's like, great. That's I mean, great. Like, I mean, Battlefield has been one of those things that's, like, always done, like... I mean, I, I feel like it's been a minute since it really scored well and was received well. It's, you yeah. know? Bad it's, Company 2 was the last time. Yeah, like, yeah. Everything since 3. Like, 3 had that bad launch. Yep. And then, the yeah. franchise has had some highs and lows. And when you look at the Call of Duty franchise, it's a lot more sort of just steady around the low 9s, high 8s, mid 8s, you know, 10s mm-hmm. if you read our comments. <laughs> uh, and... Battlefield's been a uh, that franchise has been sort of all over the place. I think because they're trying to find themselves, and I think that they're realizing that they don't need to. They can just try new stories and experiment. Well, they more. were also they were since Modern Warfare. I feel like they were trying to play catch up with Call yeah. of Duty. Whereas this year, they're finally like, all right, let's just not worry about that. I let's try that. to do our own thing. Yeah, they um, absolutely nailed their own thing. Yeah. So I'm dying to check out the uh, the single player component. Yeah, it's cool. I, it's so. Is it sort of a roguelike in the sense that every time you die, you're like a new person? No. That's, it is in the tutorial. tutorial. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, just the tutorial? The okay. tutorial is that where you die and the camera goes up and it says what your name is, your year of birth, your year of death, and then you zoom down and you're just another soldier. Billy Blinderson Jr. Which I think is cool. God, d- does the game end with you like knocking on all, all the doors of like the, the mothers? That'd be real sad. Oh, just man. for a hundred hours. It's like it's Paperboy, like, but you're, you're passing out folded up flags. <laughs> they it's do. Like, there's still mummies the in the road. Well, it's though. weird. <laughs> your son has returned. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> what if every man. game after you died your second life you were a mummy yeah that's right. some uh, deceased son war humor for you boys Jesus. wow okay you're into that well, um, uh, no, yeah. it, it uh, does deal with the amount of death kind of well yeah. in the, the Gallipoli campaign you know someone kills a bunch of people and then just starts vomiting and yeah. it's like it Everyone kind of addresses um, that one has like responsibility, mm-hmm. addresses guilt and mm-hmm. how Which horrific everything is. I love because that's never really been tackled in war games before. There was that. that there was that weird rumor going around a few years back that uh, when when Kojima made the Twin Snakes for GameCube, I believe that he was talking with Miyamoto about this joke. Uh, about at the end Miyamoto came in and he did that thing where he's just like oh here's an idea for your game and they're like damn it Miyamoto stop showing up damn George Lucas ass mother <laughs> and uh, he came in and he was just like how about at the at the end of the game like you go around and everyone's in the hospital and they're all bandaged up and you oh, have to like oh cause you didn't actually kill anyone yeah, everyone's fine yeah, yeah everyone's okay and I think like Kojima revisited that to a certain extent in, in some in some later stuff I remember reading about but well, no, there's a part there's a part in, in Snake Eater in, where you've yeah. got to walk up a river full of ghosts of, of ghosts. everyone you've killed <laughs> yeah and if you've been playing like a non-lethal thing you're just walking in a river but if you're me then it just, takes like yeah. four hours like to get a, that part it's yeah, crazy the whole Lollapalooza uh, but we've been talking for years about how like how sort of like just cold the idea of war is in video games especially in stuff like Call of Duty you're just murdering down people all the time it just it, it makes it takes war that, that's that's horrible and miserable and dark and makes it so trivial and arcadey mm-hmm. and so fun. the yeah the idea of like a <laughs> yeah the idea of a guy throwing up on the battlefield because he can't handle a scenario yeah. is is what actually happens yeah. and i think yeah. like spec ops got into that a little bit mm-hmm. um or a lot uh, depending on how how much you really paid attention to it but yeah i really like this i yeah. and it's it's real like it's yeah. It's not. It's not I, an escapism. It's, yeah. This is what happens. And also, uh, one of the other questions was sort of like, yeah, it's not historically accurate, really. Uh, it, they definitely rely more on automatic weapons and reloading and is quicker than it would have been. But yeah, it's also like that's a video in, game. Yeah. That's in the yes. name of an interesting yes. game. If it was historically accurate, it'd be pretty boring. Yeah. yeah. What I like is that they are like 
on the one hand, they're like, yeah, there's more machine guns because it's a first-person shooter and you want to shoot a machine gun because they're fun. On the other hand, they're like, what kind of weird-ass World War I inventions and techniques should we dip into? Yeah. You can totally get this thing. That I was I was joking about it showing up. You can get a decoy sniper, which is literally just like a paper mache head on a stick that you pop up out of a trench. And so you like you put that down, and then you go and you hide, and you keep an eye out for a sniper popping out, and then you get to shoot him in the face. Yeah, while he cool. – I saw – you showed me a clip of that of like it's just a little head on a stick and he's firing it off and then you can duck off to the side and shoot him and he's like just it's like it's I mean, the same technique that Ferris Bueller uses to cut class like yeah, it's, yeah or Zach Morris when yeah. he puts a skeleton in the detention with yeah. a hat on it and one of the campaigns he plays Italian Iron Man he <laughs> plays this Italian cool. dude who yeah. just puts a bunch of armor on and then has a big right. machine gun and yeah. Uh, yeah okay well that hit um, me over the edge so I will now be po- purchasing this game immediately there is a uh, there's a mode that I really love in uh, multiplayer it's called War Pigeons. Uh, and the premise of it is sort of capture the flag, kind of. Pigeons? Basically, yes, pigeons, as in the bird. Um, the beard. <laughs> the pigeon. You guys, are, you guys aren't saying it right. Oh, the bard? Um, the pigeon no, guys, bird. None of you guys are saying it right. Beard? Uh, no, it's bird. Buried. What are you guys doing? Ah. Beard. Bird. The, the great fighting bird of 1916, as it was called back in the 1916s. I don't think it was. Okay, so I what role did pigeons play? So basically, in, the, in the, this mode, you get set down there, and they go like, they go... Pigeon sighted or something, and you everybody has to just book it to this like pigeon that's chilling out on the map. Like there's a pigeon coop, and you got to catch this stupid bird, and you got to bring it. You got to run away with it to safety, and the whole time you're running with it, your dude is trying to write down a note to shove in the pigeon's ass or <laughs> lock it or whatever the hell they use to Probably store not his the note. Definitely I think not it's like a little like a little bo- like a gash upon capsule that you stuff the note in or whatever. Yeah, but you give this like your dude's just running, and there's like a meter by the person who's carrying the bird of just a pencil, and he's very slowly trying to write a note to be like please help us they're trying to kill us for stealing birds and you're running around so and the, your team have to like protect you yeah you're protecting not a gachapon capsule you like that no taco <laughs> animal nerd oh my gundams are here whatever it's a it's passing notes in history class whatever you want to call it but like you're running around with this thing and your dude's got to like shove it in this little cork and put it in the pigeon or what i tie it to his neck i don't care it doesn't it's matter. his foot it doesn't go okay. in his head maybe i'm bad at pigeons. the game because i keep putting the notes in the pigeon's butt i'm sorry <laughs> Anyway, you get this pigeon, and once once you get the note written, yeah. then you send it up, and the and it's like pigeon away, and everyone's like, oh hooray, the pigeon's gone, and then all your other teams like rats, their pigeon got away. And if you send off like every time you send off a pigeon, the pigeon goes to your like other base and or like just flies off to wherever, and then calls in an artillery strike. Yep. So that's the whole point. It's Respect. sort of like. Sort of like capture the flag. New pigeon, who does? The, the flags love to crap on brand new cars, and you were trying to use them to pass notes to call in an God, airstrike. I love that. Uh, and it's just that I, one super thing. Fun. One yeah. thing I really love is also this is all like pre like NATO terminology. So they're like instead of being like Team Alpha, Team Bravo, Team Charlie, they're like mm-hmm. finish the fight. <laughs> they're like. Team Apples, Team Butter, like <laughs> Team Duff has won the match, and you're like, what? Duff? These fops beat us. Yes, those coxcombs from down the way are at it again. Say, lads, let us show them what for. But yeah, no, I like I I love this kind of weird intersection of like, oh hey, here's one of the most brutal wars of history, coupled with let's catch some birds it's yeah. and so you're like funny. it's yeah, yeah i'm God, i'm having great. a i'm having a, a hoot with it so our review in progress is still up on the site maybe by the, the time this is done it will be full review obviously we have to test servers and stuff chloe uh, rad chloe right rad right? Yep. Yep. yeah so and she's she's very uh very optimistic on it yeah, yeah i think so provisional yeah. score of a nine great yep. wow. um yeah. but yeah it's reviewing pretty well across the board um eights and nines i haven't seen any tens haven't seen any sevens really but um, yeah how are we feeling about the new call of duty game 
Um, I'm excited to play the single player just because of the pedigree behind it. Yeah, me too. That's I'm more interested yeah. in that. I actually have no interest in multiplayer of that game whatsoever. Yeah, you showed me that thing where you can turn into like a you robot turn into like dog a robot kind of tiger it's and really scary. Yeah. What? You're playing as like this big. Now like, I'm interested. Yeah, you're playing this like this like there's like a power up where you turn into a robot. Yeah. Pan- it basically looks like one of those like uh, Decepticon cassette tapes that, yeah. <laughs> that turn into an animal, you, and you just go running through the hallway, and anyone you charge into dies instantly. That it's really great. Yeah. looking. It just looks awful. I don't like it. It's weird. A yeah. lot of the um, a lot of the HUD is ripped directly from, I believe, Black Ops Three. Like it's like that was one of the better received ones, wasn't it? Yeah, yep. but it's yeah. it's like they didn't even design a new multiplayer hub for this game. It's just like huh. straight up the same. Overhead. Also, I like how you call that icky, where you, all your multiplayer fingers are in that pigeon's butthole. Yeah, it's true. It's true. That's he got you right there. Slam dunk. No, it's, it's, it's yeah. like you, don't actually, you don't actually see it sticking in there or anything. You just see like a guy with a pencil like writing Stop stuff. Stop that. Anyway, you're not, you're not Stop sticking the, the pencil in there. You just you know. Anyway. Uh yeah, so video games, video games, back at it again. This is um, a good week for video games. This you is got a good year. you got a very nice uh, PlayStation hat. I did, but I bought a new PlayStation hat. Ah, yeah, that was called the PlayStation expensive. VR. Very expensive hat. Ah, yeah. the Fun Center the hat VR and glasses. Were very expensive. Very expensive. <laughs> Not a what? You write for a living, right? And you complain about beards. Not well. Not well. <laughs> wow. What about beards? Uh, so PSVR is here. It's been out for a week as yeah. of tomorrow, basically. So I've, I've got to spend ample time with it, uh, including pretty much every launch game and experience and everything else around it. And uh, those of you who have listened to me on the show for months... Uh, and those of you who are close friends of mine could probably describe my uh, my thought process around this whole thing as insufferable. Because you're just like, well, I have a pre-ordered, but I'm probably going to cancel. I'm like, do I want it? Do I not want it? Like, I'm the last time I, I can't, honestly can't remember the last time I went this back and forth uh, about a yeah. consumer electronics product before purchasing it because it's a big. It's Dude, kind of a big investment. It's, you went, you yeah. went back and forth on that like Goldfarb does about his lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't Except, know if I don't want to sound like a sandwich. Well, the problem is Goldfarb spends $400 a day on lunch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah plus move controllers. <laughs> uh, he eats two of those. So, yeah, I was, I'm, I'm weird on this whole thing because I was like, where is this going? Like, I, I can't tell you if this is going to be the way we're playing games a year or two from now. I can't tell you if this is going to be the, the – you know, the – the step towards the future everyone's expecting in games. But I can tell you that my first week with PSVR feels like my first time playing a 16-bit game or my first time controlling Super Mario and Mario 64, uh, playing a game in HD, uh, playing a game in surround sound. Like, those sort of, like, big steps that I think we've been missing the last few years. If you look at, like, the PS2 to PS3, the PS3 to PS4, big leaps, obviously, in, in many regards, but also sort of incremental. And I think the big leap in the ps4 was just the way it streamlined everything um bringing everything together the interface was great the power of the system mm-hmm. is fantastic online has also gotten well, better it's, it's most of the developments recently have been like they haven't been really fun hardware focused yeah. they've been like back end they've been net code they've been accessibility yep. versus like actual sizzle and fun, yeah you know? so like i'm a guy that's lived in and around major cities for most of his life so i have never really had a new car but that new huh. car smell that I get from video game hardware is about as close as I can get to it. And I yeah, got I like it. I like with books. Yeah, you right? Books. It's it's, it's nice. It's just nice. Like, And you get it with toys, too, sometimes. Yeah. Where you're just like, this is a new thing I get to hold. And the way our, our experiences are moving, uh, they're less tangible. 
So you don't really get that feeling a lot. Like you play iPad games or you play something on your phone. You're like, oh, it's all digital. You know, download something on a shop somewhere. It doesn't mean anything. So opening up my PSVR and pulling out that headset and being like, this is mine. I own this now. Mm -hmm. I have like a headset in my apartment has been sort of surreal. Mm -hmm. Like it's actually been a very wonderful experience to kind of be like this. It felt like I got a new console. That's how it feels. But it's also even different because you get a new console and it's like, well, this is another version of these things I already own. Yeah. This is the first version of this thing you've ever owned. Yeah, it's the first yeah. version of this thing I've ever ever owned. And I know that in a few years there'll be a better version and then I'll trade in the version I have now and get the new one. But And we'll get into all the games and stuff right now. But right off the bat, like if you're on the fence about PSVR, get one. Like, if you have the money for it, get one. If you think it's too expensive, like, wait. If you think there's going to be a new version in a year, you're wrong. If you think there's going to be a new version in two years, maybe. But you even know, then, like, trade in the one you have. Like, it's it's sort of like saying, like, if, if I trade in this one in two years and that means it costs me, what, 75 cents a day to own the one I have or $100 a year for now, then I, I it's worth it. I can't get one, but I pretty much feel the same way based on what I've played of yeah. PSVR. <clears throat> If you're in a position where you can afford it, I agree, get one. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I don't think that there is really anyone accepting people who have some, like, maybe eye issues. I know there are some people yep. they can't see that yep. way. Uh, I think it's literally for everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you own a console, I think PSVR is for you if you can afford it. Totally. I, yeah, I completely agree. Um, so, so far, uh, and the, one of the cool things about PSVR is that right off the bat, there's a whole bunch of stuff you can download from the store for free. Um, it comes with a demo disc. There's uh, Playroom VR that you can download for free. So, like, if you have enough money for the system, but you don't have a, t- a ton of money for the games, most of the games are sort of budget-priced, but a lot of the experiences are actually free. Mm-hmm. So, you can get a good idea of what the, what the system's capable of doing uh, without actually spending $200, which I was able to do so far. Um, <clears throat> A lot of the releases at launch have been broken down into three categories. There's uh, first-person stuff. There's third-person stuff, which I didn't expect at all to love nearly as much as I would in VR. Uh, And then sort of like cinema, interactive movie-type things, right? Um, So first-person, I played Batman VR, which uh, many of you have previewed before. Um, It works incredibly well. Uh, The idea of you being Batman in this 90-minute sort of experience. You have a utility belt that gets projected down on, on you. And in front of it is a batarang that you can reach down with a move controller. On the right is a grappling hook. And on the left is your sort of like your Metroid Prime-ish detective mode scanner, which has two different modes. Uh, And you're sort of brought through a series of sequences uh, in Arkham where you're trying to, you know, figure out the death of some characters that you've known for a long time. Uh, And you do that by sort of interrogating people and doing detective work. Not a ton of like combat stuff because that doesn't really work that way. But... It's just a sort of an interesting way to say, we want to put out a Batman game this year. We don't want to make a 40-hour game where you're driving a tank everywhere. We want to tell this story that's an hour and 15 minutes long. VR is, is the best way to do it. You? It's an hour and 15 minutes, yeah. top to bottom. It's 20 bucks. When you finish it, you can go back and get Riddler trophies throughout all those different scenarios. Mm-hmm. And It's just like there was a moment in it where I was standing on the edge of a rooftop. Uh, after an altercation with the penguin and I'm looking down on Gotham and I, I stood up in my apartment and I leaned down and I got like pins and needles in my hands and fingers and I was just kind of like there's I feel like I'm very high up right now yeah and like let's get this out of the way the visual fidelity of the PSVR is not what you're expecting from PS4 it's somewhere between a like god like a PS3 covered in Vaseline yeah and a PS4 from very far away <laughs> 
some games better than others, others, obviously. I found that Batman is actually one of the better-looking games at launch. Some of the more cartoony stuff actually looks way better. Kind of yeah. in the same mm-hmm. way the Wii and the Wii U has always been able to get get by having yeah, like, more hyper-stylized-looking yeah. games. Mario Kart 8 looks as good as anything, even right. the hardware is Right, because you don't see like the wrinkles in his face yeah. and the bristles in his yeah. mustache. Oh, yeah. That'd be awful. That'd be really yeah. bad. God, he's very um, ugly, man. So that one's really cool. I played Until Dawn, Rush of Blood. I know you were a huge fan of Until Dawn. Have you tried Rush of Blood? I hate Rush of Blood. Really? I hate it. Yeah, I don't, like it. I don't like it either. Oh, I think it's just a, a crappy, cheap circus that's like an arcade game, yeah. but less fun. So yeah, I'd say... So you know how you like Star Wars? Yeah. You know Super Bomb- Bombad Racing? Yeah. Well, that's that kind of a kind of a leap in that direction. So here's and the one thing. of these things is grounded and kind of serious, and the other one's like yeah. Until Dawn, Fuck also basically has nothing to do with Until Dawn. Well, yeah. so that's the thing. If I'm I'm able to separate this game from the license, which sucks because if the game was just called Rush of Blood, I'd be like, this is an awesome game because it's called Until Dawn. It comes with its own baggage. Sure, <laughs> but if you let that go, I don't even think it's good then. Oh really? Yeah. Oh man. So I I totally disagree. I actually had a really good time with it. It's a uh, the first VR game I've ever played where it feels like it replicates. It's basically an on rails roller coaster game, right? And which is really cool because I played a lot of on rails shooters, but this one is an on-rails game where you're on a roller coaster, so narratively it sort of makes sense. Yeah. Dual move controllers that work as guns and you're fighting just Isn't awful reload things. something cool? Yeah, like you flip reload. down and flip up. It feels yeah. very like a like 90s arcade waiting yeah. for a movie to start. And that's what so many of these feel like to me. Is yeah. like they do feel like arcade experiences yeah. where they're not things you're going to sit down and play you know, 10 hours of. But yeah, things yeah where you're gonna... that one is supposed to be like a point scoring thing. And I feel yeah. like I should mention that I played it a year ago. Right, And right. the problem that I had was that it was really inaccurate. Oh, that sucks. And it was also, the lighting was pretty bad. So it was like, everything that was supposed to be a jump scare was incredibly obvious. Mm-hmm. It looked very, very ugly. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's still not the prettiest looking game, but I think in terms of like, replicating the feeling of going up and down on a roller coaster. Without making you sick. Without making me sick. sick which is it amazing. was, it gave me that butterflies in my stomach thing that I got on roller coasters. And I'm like, how am I doing this? I'm sitting on my couch. Yeah. Uh, so that one's cool. Uh, Drive Club made me a little nauseous and it's visually not that great. I would skip oh, I that. I thought Drive Club was really pretty. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. It looks good at night. Maybe that's one of them. Yeah. Um, now, there's PlayStation Worlds, which is like this really cool demo disc. They threw the heist in there, which has that, you know, a bunch of you guys have played that. I love that. Um, yeah. It's got this great stuff where you can, like, light a cigar with your move controller and, like, pop in and out of, like, uh, cover, like, uh, in That a, was, I think, the thing that sold me on PSVR. Yeah. Because there's that part where you can just, like, pick up a flashlight and throw it. Yep. And you um, don't even think about it. It's yeah. Just, and you're like, you know, oh, yeah. Stuff like the, the menu on... Um, uh, PlayStation Worlds is really cool because there's like a ball that floats in front of you in each one and uh, in certain ones you can bump your head against it and kind of like volley it back and forth yeah. in Ocean's Descent which is the underwater one it's just a ball of water that you can stick your head in that changes the <laughs> entire sound dynamics of whatever you're how you move in and out cool. they're just like little interactive toys they put there so Ocean's Descent is really cool it's the underwater sort of shark, shark simulator tank. game yeah. uh, and my wife is deathly afraid of sharks I don't know why because uh, they're terrifying. Yeah, they're but they're, perfect they, they're, they don't, they don't really, they're not really. Also, it's very easy to not get eaten by a shark by just not going. Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, our, our our apartment's on the second floor of a building. Like, it's we're fine. Yeah. You know, so that's the one where you sit in a, like, kind of open. Yeah. You're like the cage. And I remember the first time that I played that, I got the weirdest sensation where I was confused that I wasn't wet. Yeah, me too. It was like, I'm, I'm submerged in water. I absolutely believe this. In terms of sound, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I was like. 
I'm not dripping in water when I'm finished. It's really what? weird. I yeah. mean, the actual at one point the shark starts circulating your tank, mm-hmm. and it's to me it's the demo is about 12 minutes long. Uh, if it was seven, it's the one I would show to every single person in the world who wasn't sold on PSVR. Mm. It's a little long. I think it's still worth showing to people. But it's ob- it's ultimately like the kind of thing where people come over, they go, what's that? You put it on their head, and they get it. And yeah. you don't – it's just head tracking. You mm-hmm. There's no move controller stuff. So that one's really cool. Uh, in that also is this thing called Danger Ball, which is a first-person sort of Pong-type <laughs> game, which I don't think would be interesting at all if it was a PS4 game. But with head tracking in VR – it's incredible. I think uh, that's that's like Wii the, Sports. That's it right there. Yeah, yeah. that's it. There's plenty of stuff that would be completely forgettable mm-hmm. otherwise. Yeah, you were even saying that over the weekend to us. Of like a yeah. lot of these games, you would totally just pass by if they're on PSN, but for the fact so, that they're in VR. Yeah, so Tumble's another one, and Tumble's is the, Tumble is this like block stacking game. It's ten bucks. Uh, you're given this table in front of you, and all these blocks to sort of interact with, and they give you a challenge and how high you can stack them or how many you can put onto this thing. Um, weird little things like that, and. I was like, if this is just like a PSN game, I wouldn't care about it. It's so stupid. But in VR, it was really cool, and I had my phone behind me, and it started vibrating in real life. And I took my move controller, and I put it down on the table in the game, and it mm-hmm. fell four feet and hit, hit the floor. And I was like, oh, that table's not real. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had little moments like that, which is really cool. Uh, job Simulator, same sort of situation. I'm dying to play that I one. I think that's, um, Job Simulator is still my favorite VR thing. Yeah. I was telling Max this morning, I was doing the convenience store part of it. And to exit out of it, they drop this emergency box in front of you. And you open it up, and there's a burrito in it. Mm-hmm. And you pick it up with the move controller, and you move it towards your mouth. And you pretend to eat the burrito until it's done. And when you're done, you can exit the level. I'm like, that's a very novel, weird way. To- yeah. Uh, but third-person stuff has actually been surprisingly wonderful. Um, I played this game called Wayward Sky, which I think you, some of you guys have seen before, right? Uh, Wayward Sky is sort of a point-and-click puzzle adventure game. But the camera is set so that you're almost like a, a giant sitting on the level. Like, imagine playing something like... Uh, I don't know, like Shadow of the Colossus or Last Guardian, if you were the size of Bird Dog, mm-hmm. yeah. but you got to watch the little boy run around. Like, it's, it doesn't feel like you're 100 miles away, and it's not in first person. You just kind of feel like you're sitting there on this level. Uh, same thing with Playroom uh, has this platforming game called, yeah. like, Robot Rescue. I didn't know that existed until today. Yeah, it's, they're just <clears throat> totally hidden. Um, and it, it makes me want, like, a Super Mario 3D World type well, game. What, a, what you know? about, like, yeah. a or, Little Big Planet? Little Big Planet or Tearaway. Like yeah. tear away, like that art style would be great yeah. in VR, and just sort of sitting there and watching that world happen. Well, um, there's something really wonderful about all that. I think the little big planet that always bugged me was like it has this incredibly like tactile, you know, vibe to it, and you can kind of screw with it a little bit. But it always felt like it was just shy of something. But I feel like seeing yeah. that in VR and imagining you're like you're seeing this little puppet man like running around yep. like a yep. a stage. You know, I was completely lukewarm on everything we've seen so far about that game, Dreams. Um, from Media Molecule, and now I'm 100% sold on it. Like, yeah. I can't wait for it. Um, I also played stuff like Res Infinite, which is just... Dude, I played that. Coolest. Area X is so cool. It's just nuts. Uh, that is possibly the most authentically cyberpunk thing I've experienced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you were saying it feels like when what, when people in the 90s like pictured hacking? <laughs> no, I mean, like if you go yeah. back and read William Gibson's Neuromancer, the, the book that coined the term cyberspace before it was an actual thing, uh, it talks about, like, just a visual representation of information yep. and it is exactly like that it is just it is it, it looks like i mean it looks like the hacking in in hackers you know yep. like you're flying through these fake cities because that's how people would be like oh that's you know of course it's nothing like that we use you know google chrome and a bunch of spreadsheets and yeah. stuff but like that anime uh, one way you're in the city but it's cyber reboot <laughs> probably there's a bunch of them i mean it all goes yeah. it all goes back to, to gibson though like but yeah. uh 
Yeah, it's really cool. It felt so much like it also that. Sounds amazing. Yeah, it and it was cool because when I was when I was reading Neuromancer, I was listening to all this early '90s electronic that was also influenced by it, like Future Sound of London and Chemical Brothers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, and it kind of taps into that. And then the fact that I'm wearing a VR headset to experience it, like I was so so excited after doing that. Like it's I was so happy. utterly it was surreal. Summer Wars. Yeah. Yes. Summer very Wars. much. Very Summer Wars. Uh, I would say even more. No pun intended. Low res. Yep. Uh, what I really like about this, also, this this manages to obscure the kind of lack of visual fidelity by being very abstract. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, um, it's also insane that it took PSVR for Mizuguchi to like fully realize his vision of a Dreamcast game. Yeah, it's is, so cool. Like, and it's got me thinking, like, yeah, that we can we can. There's there's decades of gaming to mine yeah. and pull out in 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 VR. Yeah. Like, like you said, anything that deals with something tactile. Yeah. Like. Parappa the Rapper, like we talked about that, but yeah. like the idea of those little cardboard cutouts, like mm. hanging out and rapping, like they're I just totally fun to watch in, in person. Yeah. You know, like little things like that. Like uh, in Wayward Sky, there's a part at the beginning where this like thirty foot monster robot guy lands in front of you, and I just found myself in my apartment, like looking at him up and down at like the sense of scale and awe that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just incredible to have this tech now. Like this is consumer level. It's ready. It's here. It doesn't take your whole room like a Vive does or an Oculus. But what? Because I really want one now. Yeah. You'll get there. You'll get there. I know. There. I'll get it. But it's- um, so one more thing I wanted to talk about was cinema mode. Which uh, so I think the PSVR is around 720p. Um, so you kind of take a hit. But noticing uh, certain certain apps and certain games in it, uh, it actually replicates the feeling of having an IMAX screen in front of you. Like. It's it. I'm, I'm like I'm 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 ready to buy like a 65 or 70 inch TV just to get a big TV. And I was sitting there being like, well, do I really need one? Because this thing is actually like a step in the right direction mm-hmm. for that. You want to be able to watch things with your wife. I do. Oh <laughs> yes, of course. Get her a nice uh, PlayStation hat too. I will. Uh, and so one of the things I tried was this game called, or this this uh, thing called Alumet, which is basically a short film. Did you try it? Yeah. It's really cool. Yep. Um, and it's this sort of stop motion claymation felt made uh, 3D stage that they built. That's a French-ass name. Yeah. For this very French, very short film that feels like something would, that would run before a Pixar <laughs> it movie. It's French. It's oh, very French. Nailed it. So I'm watching it, and uh, there was a part where an airship pulled up and two characters were having a conversation inside of it. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I can't actually see what they're talking about. And I noticed that the ship had a little square cut out on the top of it. And I leaned my entire body and head towards it and looked down. And I was like, oh, they're inside here. And then the story played out with me watching the characters yeah. interact. And I'm like... What an interesting novel way to tell a story mm-hmm. in a short film to make something that's like that evokes the player a little bit more or viewer to sort of become part of it. Uh, I tried the Hulu app, which got updated for VR, which is really weird and it's kind of janky, but they added these new things called these like sort of theme areas. So I watched a South Park episode in what looked like a giant movie theater by mm-hmm. myself, and there was a uh, a popcorn bucket next sitting next to me and a soda that I could pick up with move controllers and just throw at the screen or throw around the theater. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. Yeah. From there, I switched to uh, a, a beach where basically you're in a big lounge chair and there's just like a, a pineapple on a beach ball or whatever and you're just hanging out that's watching so cool. giant TV. You know, so it got me thinking. Really scary is if what? in the movie theater in the middle of watching something, like one of those exit doors just opens up and somebody just goes in the front row and sits yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah. Uh. So, I mean, it got me thinking. I don't. I don't know what sort of like updates they're planning for for existing apps. Like I'd love to see one for HBO Go where you can watch a, a, a Game of Thrones episode projected on the wall, or uh, you know, like the wall from Game of Thrones, oh, yeah. or you know, something for Westworld. Dude, I'd love where to see like, an IGN thing. Exactly. Like, watch our videos. Exactly. You know, we're and we're yeah. Max and I were kind of geeking out about like uh, new ideas for like movies getting released on PS4. 
uh, like if they put Rogue One out on PS4 and you can download it from there, yeah. like let me watch it from an X-wing. You know, like give me a cool totally. setting. I just want Admiral Akbar like talking over everything. Like yeah. as you can see. Shut yeah. up. Kate Hudson has met her uh, new match. <laughs> Jennifer Garner has turned 13 again. Yep. I wanted to ask, what's the menu like for PlayStation VR? How do you navigate and the get menu between is, all these things? The menu is your PS4 menu. So it looks exactly the same. For better or worse, okay. which is like using move controllers. I'll tell you right now, the move controllers are not designed to, in, to interface, interact with the PS4. Like, it, it's once you get in-game, it's awesome. Oh, I totally think there's going to be new controllers. Yeah, I think so, down the line. But, uh, yeah, that's one of my gripes, that it doesn't really have a dedicated hub, mm-hmm. um, which sucks. Have you Oculus much? Yeah. You know the Oculus hub? It, like, yeah. As you're sitting in a room, you can hear a fireplace, and then you can sort of just look at this yeah. menu that's in front of you. Which I really, I really like. like. I put all of my PSVR stuff in one folder, mm-hmm. which I'm so glad they let us do this now. Yeah. 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 But a couple Maybe months ago, they why. wouldn't. I, mean, they, I yeah. feel like they'll probably roll out, like, a firmware update that has VR mode for the menu. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they've already, you know. Also, yeah. it's funny because like a year ago, PlayStation Home shut down. But this seems like this would have been the only time I would have ever actually cared about PlayStation, PlayStation Home. Yeah. Totally. So VR Hub you, was this home yeah. I designed. You can't have a totally. PlayStation Home, but you can have a PlayStation VR sports bar. That's which right. Is, dude, this I think is the thing that is honestly Wait, has me like most on the what? edge. There's What's, this game that just came out today called Sports Bar VR. Uh, I don't know if we're reviewing it. We I haven't. Got, I'll try it tonight to sort of get hands on with it. But it's really weird because it's like you're in a sports. It simulates you in a sports bar that has like darts and skee ball and different types of pool and air hockey uh but you can also like walk up to the bar and order drinks but six people can get in vr at the same time and, yeah. and hang out in this bar so it's a virtual it's a virtual physical yeah. chat room <clears throat> i yeah. love that so uh, max but, can text me and be like hey you want to meet me in sports bar and i can go in I there mean, and we can hang out and take all the chairs off the floor and put them on the pool table and throw beer bottles at the wall two things that are, try to do a let's play in there. i know yeah, if awesome. there's if there's two things that's frustrating for us is that like we want to hang out like we want to go to a bar after work but we should go home and see our significant others yep but it's what if we went home? Also, we don't like it when we go to bars and we want to stack the chairs up like animals. But <laughs> yeah, they don't let us that. do that. We can tell now you. we can do both those things. We can get all the yeah. all of the best things in the world. Yeah, we go home, and get, just put on our special hats, and I'll be like Brian. Let's get drunk and throw bottles at the TV. We don't and want to watch. So the what's what was that Ubisoft football? Wolf game that all of us played? Uh, Werewolves. Yeah, Within. yeah, Within. which is also and out. One of the things, it, yeah, it's out in that early December. Incredible. Uh, and between now and then, Ubisoft is putting out that Eagle Flight game. So, like, they're they're doing their classic Ubi thing where they they really support yeah. something early on. But uh, one of the things I liked about that game with you guys was just like sort of hanging out, yeah. like sitting around a campfire and just talking. That was the best with part. Each other, of it. That you was know? super fun. I thought it was really interesting because it was taking an entirely analog game you can play with your friends yeah. without any yeah. any peripherals and being like, all right, well now you need thousands of dollars of equipment to do that. Yeah. Yep. But you can do it from around the world. Yeah. Uh, do we want to fly through some quick rapid fire stuff? Do I actually need to run. run. You got to go. Uh, I've just been drafted into World War One. So Congrats! Are you going to be on Team Apple or Team Buttercups? Uh, I'm on the Team Duffers. Make sure okay. you do this thing with the little Anus of the Bird. Oh, please stop doing that. Okay, right. we yeah. can keep going then, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, we got an Hi, email Max. from Beyond listener Hi, Zach Carlson. Hi, Hi Max. Uh, we'll open the presents afterwards. Oh, we will. Yes, we did also get presents. Uh, Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> I think Max is leaving. <laughs> uh, Zach, damn it, Max. Wow. Zach Carlson says, I have two older brothers who are twins. They both suffer, f- suffer from many things. The most difficult for them is autism. One cannot speak and the other is legally blind. They both have trouble walking and getting around, and they will never be able to live on their own due to the assistance that they require. My legally bri- blind brother, Nick, and I have always played games together. He is in love with Sly Cooper series. Games have always been hard for him, understandably. I went down to the Windows store at the mall a couple months back to try HTC Vive. It was my first experience with VR, and I was blown away. I instantly wanted my brother to try it, and so I drove him down to use it he was in heaven as was my mom who brought to who brought to see it as well 
The controls were very intuitive that he could make sense of them. He could see better that he can in real life in wow. 360 degrees. It was honestly a new world for him. We played the spaceship game as we, as well as the bow and arrow game in the oh, Vive the demo game. reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He understood all of them within a minute. He was so happy because he finally felt normal. Oh. After 25 years, my brother felt normal. It was amazing. And I, ca- I cannot put into words how great that feels. He was crushed when the demo ended and when we have been back several times to use it since. We do not have the money to get a super good computer for HTC Vive, so we have to save up for a PlayStation VR. We're still currently saving up for PlayStation VR, and we are hoping that we will have enough money by Christmas. He asks about it every day, so he's excited to get it. Thank you guys for being a great source of entertainment and such nice people beyond. That That's is the so awesome. absolute best story. I really, really, yeah. really love that story. Yeah, yeah that just gave me goosebumps. Yeah, yeah right? I mean, we've talked about the the non-gaming uses and potential of VR mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, travel and education and entertainment and health and medicine and therapy. Yeah. yeah. But it's also, yes, those can all exist, but also games can become therapeutic through it. Yeah. Experiences. And, and like this thing, like how we, how we said this is the first time we felt normal. Yeah. It's That's phenomenal. Crazy. Isn't that, isn't that yeah. great? Like, and I love the idea of somebody even in a wheelchair or somebody who has like, uh, you know, sort of like struggles with standard mobility that the rest of us can just take advantage of constantly mm-hmm. without thinking about, uh, being able to like fly in a video mm-hmm. game and look around and feel like he's there, yeah. you know, like, there's something really magical about that. And I think even through like the sort of exposure therapeutical aspects of it, uh, which like I was saying, my wife's terrified of sharks. I got her to play the Ocean's Descent game. She yeah. got about three-fourths of the way through before ripping the headset yeah. off. But I think she wants to try it again. Yeah. Like, And you guys were talking about like being terrified of spiders. And I think that like on some levels, it actually is scarier to be interacting with a spider in VR. But on another level, maybe like if they made a very rudimentary simple version of it where you saw a fake spider crawling on a table. <laughs> I love the face you're making right now. And you could smash it with your hand. Uh, still no? Oh, but then it's still pregnant no. with a bunch of baby spiders. That's no! true. <laughs> oh, Either way. I was going to say Zach. I yeah. don't know if, I, I feel like I've seen Zach on Twitter. I'm not sure if he's a member of our Facebook. Probably. He, was, I, he got this from the Podcast Beyond group. So. Yeah. Um, if there's a, I don't know what kind of websites that you can use, but if there's a way that you can like share a link to a PayPal or something, uh, I would totally be happy to try and help out with that. And I'm or sure a GoFundMe or something. Yeah, yeah. GoFundMe. I'm sure a lot of other people in the group would totally be willing yeah. to help try and get your brother a PSV off Christmas yeah, as well. Exactly. So, yeah. Totally consider that and don't feel bad about it. Yeah, um, and thank you so much for awesome sharing thing. your story. Yeah, that's yeah. an amazing story. Um, do we want to talk about United Front Games shutting down? Yeah, I mean, we could talk about that just uh, super. Uh, quickly, uh, I don't think it's been confirmed yet, but all signs are pointing to uh, United Front Games being the next studio that's uh, closing its doors. You know them from uh, they developed Little Big Planet Karting, yep. which is actually decent, like in terms of. I did not play that. In terms of Mario Kart, it was knockoff. a totally competent Mario Kart yes. clone on on yes. on PS3. Uh, but then Mod Nation Racer, Mod Nation Racers, and uh, Sleeping Dogs. Mm-hmm. So that's Sleeping a Dogs is the big one. Yes, I know, uh, Max also absolutely loves Sleeping Dogs. Yeah, yeah. I love that really game as well. Sleeping Dogs too. So. Well, I don't know. Yeah. And they also, uh, I didn't realize this, they worked on combat uh, for Disney Infinity, so that may have been a thing that was keeping them sort of afloat. Right. Was the money That's coming possible. in from that? As we oh, talked about man. earlier this year, that's yeah. not a thing anymore. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah. this could also mean that maybe someone else gets sleeping dogs and then we do see sleeping dogs too. Yeah. I mean, hopefully. But also, this I, it didn't occur to me that Disney Infinity closing down wasn't just sort of oh, no. they had, avalanche. They had so many different components. Yeah, and like Ninja Theory, who yep. developed uh, Enslaved and, and Heavenly Sword and are developing Hellblade, I believe it's called. Right. Like, you wonder, like, is this going to hurt them as a studio because yeah. this Possibly. source of revenue isn't coming in, which Possibly, yeah. like we, we always hate reporting on studio closures because it's, yeah. it's horrible and yeah. sad, and it means people lost their jobs and that games are going away. But um, 
this generation, it feels like we've had to do it less. I don't know why. Maybe there are less there are teams. Fewer. Yeah, there's just yeah. fewer yeah. teams left. Yeah. Or maybe people are making safer bets with the stuff they're working on. So, like, our obviously our hearts people goes out to everybody. Yeah. yeah. To everybody involved on this. Yeah, um, that sucks. And I hope you guys all land projects soon because everything you guys worked on was was, was, was really cool. Yeah, and that's yeah. The, the bright side of things like this is, like, the, the uh, irrational closure slash layoffs led to those hundred super talented people being spread across the industry on 20 different projects and all of them doing really cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, if you look at even gone home is sort of like a, I mean, yeah, that gone stuff like Gone Home and Firewatch and yeah. and uh, uh, Magic Circle and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, I've talked before on this show about how like it's kind of odd that there's no unionizing when it comes to like the video game industry. Yeah. Um, Whereas, like, if you work on a TV show, when you finish the show, you usually get moved to another TV show. Like, I'm talking about, like, the lighting crew, the sound crew, and stuff like that. Yeah. But in video games, everything kind of shatters, splinters off, reconnects in certain ways. Uh, So the good thing about the industry is that it is very close um, and close-knit. And I think that uh, all the people working on this will... We'll, we'll land jobs somewhere soon. Yeah. So, uh, just really briefly, you mentioned unionizing. There was word that the uh, video game actors guild is going yeah, to strike. I saw that, which would be interesting. To all, see. all three voice actors. All think, th- no, I'm kidding. There's <laughs> <laughs> obviously hundreds. Um, Talk about how that's badge. Is that what it's called? Video game actors guild. The v- <laughs> <Badge. laughs> Well, you don't pronounce that bag. That, well, maybe it's Australian. What wow. did you do? Sorry. <laughs> it's badge. That's really good. Yeah. That was badge. All right. Anyway, the I video hope game you guys actors have a good guild. Strike and, uh, <laughs> I hope that, you have a good strike. Uh, yeah, yeah. good things come of it. Good badge strike? Badge. The video game actors guild intelligence nation <laughs> associated. There we go. Vagina. <laughs> uh, now it's time for Bracket Fire. <laughs> On. Sorry, weird segue. Yikes. Uh you can ask us questions on our YouTube. Alana, what's that? That is youtube.com slash IGN Beyond. Which you subs- uh, should subscribe to. Yeah, those persona let's plays, I swear to God, they're going up. There's, we're worried that this week Atlas is gonna pull them down. Yeah, they were oh. pulling down videos okay. of their own game even though it's legally out. Yeah. Wow, in in a real country. Not stop us. That's odd. Oh, it might stop us. Uh but this week we went into the Facebook group, which you can join as podcast beyond or Facebook.com slash group slash podcast beyond. Uh, and we ask you to ask us for questions, just like Ryan Bose did. He says, Sony's been re- releasing special editions for its consoles since the PS1. What are some games and ideas you have for special edition PSVRs? Oh, I wonder if I'll do that. Yeah. I mean, have you guys I, seen that Photoshop going around of the Star Wars one? No. It's, it's like Luke's X-Wing helmet. That's cool. That's, cool. Yeah. That's like, super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like part of me worries that since this is a thing that is literally on your neck is supporting in your head like you can't make it too crazy like you can make yeah. a console big and gaudy having like decals i don't think they would do yeah a full thing. i totally imagine decals yeah yeah, yeah I, maybe I, colors yeah that would be cool. make, like one in black Change the light mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean there's certain things that have to stay static like the the lights around it are literally have the head tracking works with the camera so you'll need those four big those blue yeah. lights those big blue lights what if you could have them be a different color probably because your move controller can change I colors say blue or red yeah yeah what about green? or purple um so yeah i'd love to see that kind of stuff uh malin hayes asks is vr just the next gimmick like motion controls or 3d television will we be back to big flat tv and a dual shock in the next year or two I still think this is really hard to answer. I, mean, I don't think it's. I don't think it's out to replace those things. No, like that's. I think. Yeah. It, I think VR at its most successful will sit comfortably alongside traditional standard gaming. That definitely like, makes it different from 3D television. Yeah, yeah. and it, motion controls. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's trying to replace anything. Yeah, it's almost 
developing a third pillar. Like if you say handheld mobile is one and console gaming is another, yeah. this is a third. I totally agree. Yeah. And especially if you if you think about how Sony's not really worried about one of their pillars, which is the Vita anymore. Yeah. Um, I think they can focus a lot into this. Yeah. I think but, it also depends what you define a gimmick as, but I definitely don't think VR is a gimmick. It's yeah. It's amazing. It's absolutely yeah. amazing. I don't it's, think anything about it is cheap or gimmicky. I totally agree. It's it feels like the next step. Uh, whether or not that gets supported by developers will remain in, it will, we'll wait and see. But um, like when the Wii shipped, it shipped with a motion controller. Like you had to use it, mm-hmm. and that was the way the interface worked. This is a peripheral for PS4. Like yeah. this will sit alongside. Yeah. To me, it feels like a luxury product add-on right now, mm-hmm. and I think that until it's used in probably education, yeah. that it will remain that way. The weird thing is, is like I was playing the arcade port of Contra on PS4 through PSVR, and it felt like I was playing a 30-year-old game on a movie theater screen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for old games, like, the resolution's not really much of an issue, yeah. so for 8-bit games, it's actually really funny. Yeah. Um, so, I think it, it's going to work in conjunction with stuff, but also, like, a, when, I, when I back out to the menu, like, Mafia 3 and Tomb Raider are still sitting there waiting for me to play in glorious HD on my big TV, so... Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to replace it. It's, yeah. It'll just sit alongside it. Uh, Michael Britton says, what is the most important thing you did from a setup perspective to improve the quality of your VR experience? Are you tuning a setting on the PS4, bringing a different chair, moving the camera to a different mm, location? That's a uh, if you've seen the unboxing videos for this thing, you've seen that big box of snakes we've been calling it. I was actually able to successfully wire everything throughout and behind my entertainment system so nice. that the only wire coming out is the one that goes into your PSVR itself. Uh, and when you disconnect that, you can tuck that away too mm-hmm. and just close things up so mm-hmm. it's not really How an issue. How long is that cable? Like, can you sit fairly far from the TV? It's about eight feet. Okay. Yeah, seven or eight feet. Um, so it hasn't really been an issue for me so far. I've noticed that, like, one of the most cumbersome things is when you put on the PSVR and the helmet, uh, the camera doesn't recognize where you are immediately. You have to pull up your helmet and then walk over, tilt the camera, put the helmet back on, and mm-hmm. then do that over again. And that's kind of like nauseating to go back and forth. One of the things you can do is go into the settings. Not a lot of people know this on the psvr itself on on your ps4 Mm -hmm. and you can get up and close with your camera and it'll take a picture of your face and actually target where your eyes are on your own human head so you can map the psvr to work specifically with the way your face is whoa (laughs) that's crazy which is really cool like it took a picture of my face and i put little plus signs over where my actual pupils are so now when i try it out it like works way better towards my own face. Because some of the variety that people have, which I think is why Oculus and Vive are a little bit more adjustable, Mm -hmm. is because people have different, what is it, in an ocular yeah, distance. yeah, something with your rods and cones. Yeah, <laughs> oh, the R's and C's. So it means that some Scones. people can like it's it's supposed to be like an average, so some people can see things slightly better yeah. than others can. I don't think PSVR lets you customize that. Or maybe is that the slider on the front? Uh, it might be. Not really. So the thing about PSVR is that it's actually one lens underneath instead yeah. of two. So um, and in terms of comfort, I found that like people coming over and trying it out, it's actually worked a lot better than. It's super comfortable. I yeah. think. Also, uh, we've mentioned this before, but people always ask. It's supposedly the most comfortable with glasses. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Not so even it's supposedly. Really yes. adjustable. It's very easy to put on. I feel like none of the straps are as tight as the other two mm-hmm. are. Yeah. So it's really... It also sits on the crown of your head. Like yeah. It's yeah. Like a crown. Like the weight is here. Yeah, and it's not yeah. like a strap. No. It's, it's yeah. More solid than that. Um, and with with it on and with surround sound going, instead of like having headphones in, I actually don't feel like I'm completely in a deprivation chamber. I did have this it's one moment. Cool. Yeah. I did this one moment where I was wearing headphones and I had the headset on and uh, my wife was sitting next to me and she fell asleep and about a half an hour went by and I did this thing where I like reached out to see if she was there like a blind guy (laughs) and she wasn't 
and my immediate reaction was, "Ah, eh, she's fine," <laughs> and that's not good. Like that shouldn't Someone, be. Someone like came into your wife and you know, came into your wife. Came, <laughs> came into your house and stole your wife. <laughs> Maybe like, but like the, my immediate oh, no. reaction wasn't like call the police or take off the helmet. It was, "Ah, eh, she'll be fine." So that's not good. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I am worried about the total sort of like social antisocial that was ramifications the time where I was this. playing Oculus and when I put it on Max was sitting next to me on the couch and then it got to a point where I was like Max you still there and he's like yeah and I was like I had no idea if he was still there or not That's so I was weird. like I want to ask you a question but I have no idea if you're well, still there I feel like I'd presence. be scared like with Peppers that Peppers would just jump on my lap if I was playing it'd be like oh jeez yeah, oh, yeah I don't have any pets that. that would terrify me yeah uh, David Fuller asked do you feel the VR experience is designed for more introverted personalities due to its isolated nature what do you guys think about that I mean, I think there are games for everyone. Yeah. Um, I think something like Job Simulator is fun for other people to watch, mm-hmm. and I think that's a kind of take turns thing. I also think, um, what's the bomb one? Keep uh, talking, nobody explodes. Keep talking, yeah. nobody explodes. Is that on PSVR? Yes. I yes. assume so. Yes. So it's like they also have uh, Player in VR, which is a bunch of multiplayer games. Where yeah. There's like three people playing on the TV and others playing on PSVR. Did I tell you guys about any of those? I no. played some of those. Did I really you play like the them. cat the one? The cat one's great. It's, What's so, the cat one? it's so stupid oh, and so, it's so fun. Good. Uh, the, so the, the players yeah. with controllers play as mice and you have to like go around and collect cheese. Yeah. And the the person who is the cat just has ha- head tracking and they're like behind a curtain from mm-hmm. the perspective of the mice. And they have to, like, put their head forward. And if one of the mice is still moving when that happens, then they immediately get grabbed. Oh, I feel like there was, like, a uh, Mario Mario party party game. Yes, where it's, It's, like, the the spike. Yeah. It's kind of like that. It's exactly like that. But it's in VR. So if the three of us were playing and you guys were the mice and I was the cat, you'd be sitting next to me being like, well, the cat has the VR helmet on. And I can see in real life that he's thinking about moving in a little bit. So you pay attention to the movement. So you guys are running around as these mice picking up cheese, but you also have this tomato can over your head. And if I pop out and you duck under the tomato can, you're hiding it i don't see you it's this sort of like literal cat yeah. and mouse and type of thing it's very funny to like see the person who is the mouse yeah it's so stupid and so funny it's really fun. um so one it's of the fun. things also is that uh i find that in vr i don't really spend more than 20 to 40 minutes in a game yeah mm-hmm. so uh i actually find myself less introverted than i would or more at or extroverted, I guess is the, is the word. Uh, whereas, like, if I'm playing something like Uncharted, like, I'll sit down and play it for five hours in yeah, a row. But in true. VR, I'll play for 40, 40 minutes and then get out and be like, oh, okay, real world for a couple hours now. Yeah. I'm good to go. So, uh, yeah, I don't really think that it's going to be just yet something that really is going to trap you in there for 10 hours where the world will burn down around you and you yeah. won't Yeah, notice. I feel like that probably won't happen. Someone might steal your wife, though. Yeah. Yeah, that could happen. Or that awful thing Alana said. Yeah. Uh, Casey Weinman Badge. says. <laughs> Badge. <laughs> Casey Weinman says, what is the most you'd be willing to pay for a patch that added VR functionality to existing games? If anything at all, why? I mean, it would have to be good Don't functionality. I, just A lot of games already have theater mode. Yeah. Yeah. I think it means more of like. So like Thumper, uh, yeah. which is awesome. Um, awesome sort of like third person rhythm game. Uh, terrifying yeah. is uh, works perfectly well in on PS4, but also has a VR mode option when you go into the menu. Uh, I wouldn't have wanted to pay any extra for that. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that's just something that like if you want to do that, do that. Uh, if you're a publisher and you're making a video game that has VR support a year later, ideally you're going to sell a bunch of new copies of your video game, so you'll offset the development cost by doing sure. that. Mm-hmm. I don't want that cost to get passed on to me as a player um, because I feel like. I've already purchased your game. Yeah, yeah. You know? I don't. I don't want like for sixty dollars you get 
Assassin's Creed Empire, and for $65 yeah. or $70, you get VR Empire. Yeah, I do want you yeah. to tell a, a wholly new story like yeah. Batman VR did, but I like what Tomb Raider did. Where yeah. A wholly like, new story, Batman? <laughs> <laughs> I like what Tomb Raider did where they're just like, here's Lara's mansion yeah. mode or whatever, and you yeah, can go explore cool. it. And it's free, and it's part of the, it's part of the, the overall package. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so I think free is the most I'd pay 5 to $10 for, yeah. or $20 for something that's you, sort of a, a new story. You were also saying... Was it one of the games where the VR thing is just you sort of picking up toys, like picking up models? Oh, so Playroom VR has this awesome thing where when you play games, you collect coins and you bring the coins into this like capsule toy machine that has a claw. Mm -hmm. And you put the coins in and the claw is like a crane game and it picks up toys and the capsule drops and opens it up. And uh, you'll get like a little taxi cab that gets populated in this like weird – it looks like my desk. It's just covered in toys. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, like, you get, like, a dragon or a taxi cab or an airplane, and you can pick them up with PlayStation Move and, rotate, and like, hold them up to your face and rotate them and look at them. And I'm like, I want this for Star Wars. Like, yeah. I want yeah. Star Wars toys I can look at. Yeah. I want, like, Gundams I can look I mean, at. I want Power Rangers. Imagine yeah. if, like, all the stuff you unlock in Smash. Like, you had all those Nintendo Dude, toys. Totally. All the Amiibo or, like, whatever oh, those are. And you're just, like, so looking great. around. Just model viewers are so cool. Yeah. Like, I found myself, like, doing weird things like that. Like, uh, so there's a, there's a mug that you can find in Arkham. Uh, in a locker in Batman VR and I picked it up and I was rotating it and looking at it and I tilted it and I was like oh this looks like this dude had like some rum or some brandy in here and I held it up to my nose to smell it and the move controller hit my nose and I'm like you idiot <laughs> like that's not real yeah. uh, some more stuff like that yeah. really cool uh, and finally, Nick Gillen says will PSVR turn out like the Vita a smaller install base but large games attach rate I don't know yes, yes. yeah I mean I want to say yes yeah uh, you know, and like, like slow burn. yeah, I mean, people look at the Vita like it was a failure, but like, I ultimately, I think that if PSVR is anything like the Vita, then yeah, like I'm it's stoked, yeah, it gets dedicated support for years. Uh, it's got a large attach uh, attach rate. The game, the people who are into it are super into it, and yeah. they're diehards. Uh, Colin and Greg can sell a shirt. <laughs> uh, yeah, PSVR Island. <laughs> That's a thing we can do in a couple of years. Shout out to those guys. Uh, yeah, I hope so. I mean, I, ultimately, I wanted to see it. I want to see it get bigger than that. Yeah. Uh, I want to see it get support from everybody. But I also think one of the big things would be, which I bet I'll have it next year, is that PlayStation Plus games. Once a month, you get a VR game. Yeah. So oh, that that'd be great. if yeah. you have PlayStation Plus, all of a sudden you have eight or nine games, and you're like, well, maybe I should buy PSVR because I already yeah. have eight or nine yeah. games. Yeah. yeah. I, I always love that. It was the same thing with the PS4 where you bought it on day one. There was a couple games that you had bought already mm-hmm. that worked. If if you can get a PSVR in February yeah. and have five or six games out the, yeah. out the gate that are free, totally. then yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I also hope more experienced thingies like uh, Alouette. 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 Yeah, Alouette is the spreadable cheese, also French. Delicious, too. It's really French good. name. Yeah. <laughs> Badge. Sorry. Shout uh, out to Vag. Shout out to Vag. Yeah, don't, don't shout out Vag. <laughs> And that's Podcast Beyond. You want to bring us home? Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening slash watching Podcast Beyond episode 464. Uh, you also can f- wanted to say thank you to everyone who came to the house party. Oh, uh, God. Oh, yeah. That Saturday. was so much fun. Yeah, yeah seriously. Was, you guys um, killed it in your trivia section. Thank you so much. Thank you. Really yeah, fun. yeah okay. so we had a bunch of stuff on stage. I don't know how much of that is going to be shown on the line. Not a lot, right? I hope most of it because we, we... I think we shot most off. of it. I think, yeah? Yeah. I think a lot of it's going to trickle out. Cool. Yeah, we yeah. have 520... Uh, people in attendance. Yeah, it was great. We did a giant uh, Beyond vs. NVC vs. Unlocked 
twelve person debate over slash anime club slash right. anime club yeah. slash yeah, and the three of us yeah. were just like haphazardly thrown to one yep. of the podcasts. Yeah, pretty yep. yep. much. They just yeah. were like, eh. But uh, it was super fun. Thank <laughs> yeah. you so much to everyone who came and said hi. Like everyone was lovely. Yeah, and that was an awesome experience for all of us. Except Andrew, celebrating. yeah, yeah, Andrew Goldfarb was weird. Yeah, he was like, oh, yeah. my stomach hurts. I'm going to drink. Yeah, he was. Yeah. he pooped the entire time. Yeah, he, he was the, the low point. Yeah, he took a dunkus in the chair in the yeah. folding chair. Yep, and then he had to fold it, and the dunkus went in. That's okay. It's very bad. Now, now you really got to take us home. Okay. Uh, you can find us all uh, on Twitter. Brian is at Agent Pizzle. Mm-hmm. Lana is at Charlana's Art. Max is at Max Scoville. And I am at uh, McBiggity. Like we said. Goldfarb's uh, at Garfep. Goldfarb's at Garfep. Um, like we said, sign up uh, to our Facebook uh, group, facebook.com slash group slash podcast beyond. Yep. Our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash IGN beyond. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Right? yeah. Good? You guys are on other shows and stuff. Yeah, uh, listen up Unlocked. Noon, up NBC Unlocked. Uh, get the IGN app. And uh, we'll be live streaming Battlefield a bunch of times this week. I yeah. uh, think so we're doing a pre and post show for the Red Dead reveal yeah, as we're not well. Sure Most on that yet, likely. Hopefully we can get that together. Yeah. yeah. Regardless, uh, next week we'll talk yeah. uh, a lot more about Red Dead. We'll play yes. some more Battlefield and Titanfall yeah. next week. Yeah. Cool. Super Thank exciting. you guys so much. Great. Uh, until next week. Beyond. 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 Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.